welcome you back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. I'm Nafis. And this is Between Us and Y'all, a safe space for mothers and their young sons to have healthy conversations. And we want to thank our listeners for listening to every episode thus far. We've had some amazing conversations with mothers of young adult men as well as young adult women. And we are really grateful. Um, Usually we like to advertise for a local business. And um, before we introduce our guest today, I'd like to share some information on a local photographer here in Atlanta by the name of Leslie Andrews. She is an amazing photographer. She is taking pictures of people for whatever season you're getting ready for, whether it's prom season or Eid season or your wedding season, whatever it is. She's taking pictures and I will share information from her um, photography business in the link below. But if you want to get in contact with her, you can visit her website at lesleyandrewsphotography.com. And she's located here in Atlanta. She has a uh, rental space called Midtown Art Collective where they rent out spaces as well. I'll share information about that shortly. I mean, at the end, I'm sorry. Okay, so today we are starting a conversation with our guests. Before um, we introduce the topic, I'd like them to introduce themselves. So. Hello, hello. My name is Nafisa. Um, I'm from Oakland, California, and this is my first time doing a podcast um, and with my son, so super excited. I'm Ajay. This is also my first time doing a podcast. Okay. And we want to thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you for being here. Before we um, started recording, I, I should admit that Nafisa and I were just reminiscing on, you know, how long we've known each other. I've known her since she was about two years old, and I'm kind of giving my age because I'm a lot older than, than that. <laughs> but we're both moms now, you know, and both committed parents, you know, and so I, when we were um, compiling our list of guests for the show, I definitely wanted to include Nafisa because I've seen her grow over the years. You know, she's raising amazing children and she has a child on the way. So we're wishing luck, all of our listeners. We want to send prayers and blessings to the new baby that's on the way. So we want to thank you. And my son and Nafisa, Nafisa have similar names. He's Nafis for everybody that, you know, listens in. And she's Nafisa, so they have similar spellings too. And our families go way back. I joke all the time about how I never really knew her dad wasn't my real uncle. You know, so to this day, I still call him Uncle Jeffrey because we didn't even know that that wasn't my real uncle, like by blood. So that's my real uncle, you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so cool. So today we're going to be going into a topic of um, navigating into adulthood. This is something that mothers have conversations with their young adults all the time in different ways. You know, but today we're going to be focusing on specifically the process of moving out. And that's when Nafis came up with this um, particular topic. He wanted to touch on getting kicked out versus moving out voluntarily. Because <laughs> he wanted to know what's the difference, you know, and how people need to learn, you know, how to avoid being kicked out as opposed to being able to live with your family comfortably, you know, for however long that is. And then also we want to talk about understanding bills. And before we get started with all of our other questions, we'd like to start with a standard question about a family motto. And our family motto is to work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. We try to incorporate that in all that we do. Do you all have a family motto? And if so, what is it? Um, and you tell me if this is a motto. Okay. Um, I'm always telling my children that 
know, anything worth having, um, you're going to have to work for it, you know, um, you know, it's just, that's just what it is, you know, so I, I definitely, um, you know, focus on them being able to see that from different perspectives because, you know, trials and tribulations are going to arise, you know, continuously throughout life, so I just want them to be able to handle those accordingly and, um, you know, appreciate the struggles, so then they'll be able to, um, no, excuse me, embrace the struggle so they can appreciate the success at the end. I like that. That's definitely a model. And it's worth to live by, you know, yeah. work for what you're trying to do. And commitment is important. Okay. All right. So for our first question, um, have you all begun the discussion about what moving out looks like? And if you, if you have, can you share with us what the conversation has looked like or what it sounded like? about moving out but we have occasionally came to the thought of where I want to go when I move out and when I want to move out and because college is it I want to go to college and we just we always talk about if I want to stay local or go out of state but that that hasn't that hasn't been a conversation we sat down and talked about okay all right we um Nafis is in his second year. Well, he's a rising junior in college. So we had to start having a conversation, you know, when maybe, what would you say, how long ago? We've had it going into college and we've had it with um, maybe like a year or two ago. Okay. So it's a little different than your situation because you're still in high school, you know, and I had an idea that he wanted to go away to college, you know what I mean? But I didn't know what that looked like afterwards. You know, so I recommend to all of our listeners to start having those conversations, you know, at whatever comfortable pace is good for you so you won't be so surprised. Because some moms and some dads, you know, are not having a conversation at all. And then some young adults are just like, well, I'm just living here forever, you know, or they decide they're going to pack all their stuff up and leave in the morning, you know, and the parents are so, so distraught because they had no idea what the, what the plan was, you know, so... It's always good to start a conversation and at whatever pace is good for your family. So good luck with that conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You were going to say something, Nafisa? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I'm not one of those parents where I'm trying to, like, necessarily keep my child up under the wing, you know, so to speak. Like, I want him to venture out and spread his and see the world and experience life, you know, from every angle possible. So um, we have had, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, we have had some conversation about it and what that, you know, may look like. Um, Like he said, not a super in-depth, like we've touched on it, you know, because he's coming up on his junior year in high school, you know, that's gonna go super quick. Um, next thing you know, he'll be a senior and then he'll be, you know, walking the stage, um, God willing. So I just, I want him to be, you know, sharp with his movement, with his thinking, you know, being a black man in America, you know, we always got to make sure your next moves are your best moves. So, um, you know, I've raised him to be independent in his thinking and to be a leader. You know, he comes from strength and royalty. 
So um, I want him to live up to that, you know, but feel good about it, you know, as he's doing it, not just because I told him that's the right thing to do. It sounds like he got a good support system. So we wish Definitely. luck mm-hmm. However that goes, we wish you luck in that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, my face got the next question. What's the next question? What is the general age of our listeners should be? should begin a discussion with the young men or women about living on their own. What age would you say parents should start talking to their young adults about it? If you had to offer advice. Um, I say about 15, 16. age? Because that's the age where you where you really start to like wanting to do more things because when you're like 13 14 everybody uses that like you're so young like against you but when you when you turn 15 that's like like a step closer to like 18 <laughs> I, I was trying to like what would you say not before? Um, I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's a, a mutual ground. Um, 15, 16. Um, just because, you know, like you said, they're stepping into a whole new realm. Like, they're not that young young you know like you're you're stepping into young adulthood you know what i'm saying so once you get like he'll be 16 in august um on august 4th and um we were just actually having a conversation about that the other day like dude you're about to be 16 you're going to the 11th grade you know what's the plan um do you want to go to college do you want to you know let's go to a trade school like what is it that you want to do like we we have to have a plan and and once you have that set, let's let's execute it. Let's start working on it. So, um, yeah, I would say that 15, 16, you know, maybe even 14, just a little bit, just to start like pitching it to your child, you know, to say, hey, you know, what do you feel about that? Um, and then just kind of take it from there. What would you say? I would definitely have to agree with what they said. Definitely, I feel like pitching the idea is always good. And then as you get older, just um, molding the conversation into like, you know, making it more like maybe adult or just more just like a grown topic. So it's like, you know, you might introduce it. And then as you get older, it's like, well, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? Or are you just being more specific about it? I would say, I think the age for me is maybe, I think where it got more serious for me, I think was like 16, 17. Hmm. And was I think just for me personally, I started to take take it more serious. Like okay, like okay, now I'm really about to be on my own. Like I'm about to be in college, and I gotta really start thinking about it now. And I think that's just for me. Like, so I started taking. Hmm? Yeah. Were you scared? Like in your thinking about it, did it make you nervous? Even though you knew you always had your mom was always gonna be there for you, but just stepping out as you know a young man, soon to be a grown man. Like how did that make you feel internally? It definitely made me nervous because it's like still trying to figure out what I want to do and how I want to do it and making sure I'm presenting that in the best way possible and also trying to, you know, uh, 
also take on challenges but not make it make it not make it make me feel like nervous or like right not to do it so definitely been trying to get all the advice or get everything that I can so you know if I gotta you know pay a bill on time or do something that I'm able to do that yeah we have conversations about it you know but I, my approach has been trying not to be so overbearing where he never feels like he doesn't have a place to call home but at the same time he knows you know you should be trying to establish yourself too you know you should want to have your own choices of when you wake up in the morning as opposed to when I wake you up you know <laughs> yeah. food you gonna cook, what kind of food you want to eat and how you want to keep your dishes since you don't like washing the dishes every day you know stuff like that that's how you know you can start having conversations with young people because honestly they relate to things that they are dealing with it right now so sometimes you have a conversation about your chores it's like okay one day you might be living by yourself and you don't have to throw the trash out you can just keep trash in your house all day if you want for, for, for a week and then you'll have mice you know and you'll see how that that life is so that's how we kind of started the conversation right, right. And, you know, so much alike <laughs> yeah all right so for our next question some parents allow their young adults to continue to live with them if they are not living with relationship partners. What advice would you offer to our listeners of, for families of this type of this living arrangement to allow for navigation into adulthood? Like if you're not married, you're not with someone and you just allow your child to live there, you know, how do you, what advice would you offer to any families who are in that type of situation so that they can make sure that they're still kind of helping them grow up and navigate into adulthood? but they're still living with their parents. Mm -hmm. Parents not married or parents not with somebody who lives there, you know, so it's like, it's cool. You can stay here, you can help, you know, pay bills or whatever you do. What advice would you offer? Um, um, a conversation needs to be had. <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, we need to start getting some bullet points down there to figure out you know, are we going left or right, up or down? You know, like it's just for me, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm always telling Ajay, and that's, and I guess that's because, you know, just to give a little part of my background, I was kicked out at 14. So, you know, I had to raise myself in a lot of ways. Like, even though I still had you know, family and friends that um, took me in and things like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't, my, my dad had remarried and my mom had remarried. So that's a whole nother story. But um, I didn't have a plan. I had to figure it out. So for him, I'm always preaching to him, like, you know, this is what my life was like at your age, you know? So let's try, I don't want that, you know, to repeat. Right, and I would never do that to him, you know what I'm saying, unless he did something that warranted me to do that, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, bringing some type of danger to the house or, you know, something like that, but he's not that type of, of kid. So um, at the end of the day, we would have to have a conversation and like really figure out, you know, so what's going on? What do you want to do? What, what are your interests? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are you talented in? Um, what is, you know, what is your passion? You know, like we would just have to start having a conversation about that. So 
we can change, you know, the direction in his or her thinking. Hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, it starts with how, you know, what your mindset is. So, um, you know, I'm always telling him, like, stay sharp in your thinking. You know, keep reading, research, ask questions, you know, just don't limit yourself to information. So I feel like the more information they have as far as, um, life in general and what it looks like outside of your comfort zone um, they'll be better prepared to make those types of moves but yo no we, we no couch potatoes here you, you gotta do something <laughs> would you add anything to that RJ? no everything she said is <laughs> okay hey what about you? would you add anything? no I don't have anything yeah, no. <laughs> the young man like now we good <laughs> yeah, for I mean, I, I feel you, Nafisa, on that. You know, I'm, all of our listeners, you know, have gone through different challenges, you know, growing up. I had a different situation where my mom passed away at 18, so I had to move out, you know, and move out to get married very quickly. A whole, you know, thing, just whole life change, you know, from living in the house. Yeah, I'm so understand. The thing is, it was a big change, and I had to figure it out, too, you know, and I had to figure it out in a relationship that was permanent, you know what I mean? So, it was a whole lot of figuring out that had to happen, but we don't assume that all of my listeners, all of our listeners are in the same situation, but if you are facing, you know, if you are a parent who's experienced, you know, where you had to figure things out on your own, it's good to start thinking about what your plan is for your young adults, so that they're not faced with the fear of being kicked out or thrown out and having to figure things out, you know, on their own, because it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it, it could right. be different and you do have time to make a difference. So we want to encourage our listeners to start talking to your young adults, know what the plan is and know how to support that plan. You know, and then also, if I might add, just, you know, always do, um, you know, mental health check-ins with, you know, to find out, how he's feeling about the world, you know, especially with everything that we're going, that's going on right now with, you know, the shelter in place, COVID-19, social media, you know, um, things like that. So um, I don't want to sound like I'm just super, like, non-compassionate or um, anything along those lines. You know, I'm always checking in with him to make sure that he is focused, um, if, if there's anything that I can do to help, you know, like I want to be there to support him, but I also want to see his efforts in supporting himself. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yes, coming from a, a nurturing standpoint, that is important. But then also, you know, you got to have a little, you know, a little militant. Yeah. Here. You know what I mean? Just to just so they understand, you know, the seriousness. Like, you know, I'm not gonna be here forever, so I'm trying to prepare you. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate what you said about a mental health check-in because oftentimes a lot of people are not thinking about that when it comes to young black men. You know, they face a lot every day, you know, from just the basic everyday life, you know, trying to go outside and live their regular lives could be that they don't come home, you know, at the end of the day, or they have someone who's after them for some reason that they had no no idea why, you know, and it could just be just because of the color of their skin. So checking in with them, you know, and, and being supportive of their mental health. You know, we had another conversation about mental health um, on a couple episodes back and we were talking about how 
there's this whole thing in black communities that still exists that people don't accept that we have mental health challenges, like real stuff that can be diagnosed by doctors. Right. You know, and outside of the stuff that can be diagnosed, the stuff that we deal with adds to the stress. So it's very important for us to have mental health check-ins and, and for our children to expect that. And for them to not think, you know, something's wrong because my mom's asking me, you know, what's going on with, me with my mental health. It's like, this is a normal thing. I'm going to check on you and I know I'm going to know how you are. And then for the young people to check back too, you know, it's good for you to know how your mom is doing, you know, because she's having to worry about you when you leave home or your friends, you know, when they're coming over. Yeah, so. Young, the young people nowadays, like, think of it as non-core or just or weird to express your feelings to your parents like they just well, they want to they post how they feel all the time or mm. or yeah they just they, they just want to go on social media and tell everybody how they feel and so that they can get other people's feedback I'm glad you said that a lot of times um, people don't realize social media desensitizes you in a lot of ways and it, it actually changes your type of communication because you can say whatever you want and you don't ex you don't get an immediate response from somebody in your face because you're just typing, you're just pushing right. things, you know. There's nobody there to tell you, hey, that's not the best thing, I don't like that. You know, they send you their likes and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you can log out and then it's over. Right. But if somebody's, you know, sitting there with you, it's a completely different type of communication. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, our next question, do you have a process in place for moving, or if moving out requires a move back in at some point? So he moves out and he says, I'm ready, I've made this plan. And then he comes back and says, hey, I need to move back in. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, that he's always gonna be welcome back home. <laughs> I would never leave my child out, you know, in the cold. Um, again, conversations will be had. <laughs> I need to know oh, what happened, what's going on? You know, I thought, you know, I thought we had a plan with how come it didn't, how come you didn't execute it? You know, where did, did you make a left turn when you should have made a right? Or did you go straight when you should, you know, went the other way? So, um, communication is very important, but at the end of the day, yes, I would allow him to come back um, to, to the house. He will always be welcome back at home. Like, that's just point blank. Okay. Would you add anything to that, young man? I think that it would depend on, like, like, the situation, like, of how I didn't follow the plans. Like, because because the plan is messed up, you know. Right, but if I so, if I knew okay. that if I knew that I was messing up the plan, then it's like, oh, okay, well, it's like, it's like, should I ask to go back? Then it's gonna be like, okay, so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be honest with yourself with right. that first. Yeah. So I know. that's okay. All right. That's good that he's thinking about that though. You <laughs> know me. You know I. Listen, I'm gonna stand right at the door, and then we gonna talk while you at the, at the screen. So what's going on? What's what's going on here? You got bags? What? What's up? <laughs> um, I definitely say we we have like a, a plan A, plan B, 
or just like a solution to it. So, I mean, like, like you said, definitely my mom has made this a place like I can always come back to, you know, never like, you know, I think what, what's made me feel like not so like rushed to get out because it's like, you know, it's, I feel comfortable and it's not like, you know, you have the choice of leaving, but don't feel like I'm, you know, telling you, you, you know, since you're at this age, you gotta leave. Right. And so for me, like, that's giving me a chance to really like, okay, like, what is it that I really want to do? Where is it that I want to go and really think about it and how and how I want to do it, like what it's gonna take for me to get there and the challenges. So then after that, when I figure that out, I can present that to her, like you know, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go, and this is how I'm trying to do it. And so she can give me the pros and cons of that, and like you know, but still at the end of the day, if that doesn't work out, you can always go home, you know. Yeah, yeah, my our situation, you know, um, losing a parent at a young age changes how you move you know and um i lost my mom when she was 18 i mean when i was 18 and um you know just losing family members i think changes how you move i know you remember my brother sonnet you know he was murdered and um and i've had other family members pass away but my brother was murdered when i was only 13 you know so Oh, you were only 13, yeah? Yeah, I was only 13 years old, you know, and he was only 20, 22 years old at the time. So he, we were re- he was real young, you know, and so I think because of that, my whole vibe had completely changed when it comes to being there for your family, you know, because you really never know what somebody's going through or what they need, you know what I mean? And so the thing is, is when it comes to this idea of Nafis ever needing to come home, he should, he'll always know, there's always food here if you're hungry, you know, there's always gonna be love here if you just wanna come chill, you know, there's never gonna be a cold shoulder because I'm the one who carried you, you know, in my womb. Why would I ever, you know, treat you in a way like a stranger, you know what I mean? And so I always tell him, you know, the mother is the first teacher and if I'm teaching you bad habits that have to do with cutting off family, just because you're a certain age, that's a terrible example in my opinion, you know, so, encouraging him and trying to teach him how to live on his own but at the same time if I got it he has it you know whatever whatever it is you know and luckily he hasn't gotten to the point where he's you know abusing that you know that love and that power like I don't have to do nothing I'll never have to work my mom's gonna you know take care or my dad too his father takes care of him as well you know but I think that in African-American families unfortunately we haven't had enough when it comes to material stuff so we get into this behavior that's very different to parents that have a lot of money or have a lot of physical things because we're just like I had to figure it out so you go figure it out you suffer too whereas people that are financially stable are like no you don't have to do that you don't have to do that figure it out first and if you need it and we got it then I'll provide you know in that way as opposed to you going and asking somebody else for it you know so I'm not wealthy, you know, totally as much as I would like, but I'm wealthy with life, you know, and I'm wealthy with love and consideration, you know, and, and family. So at the end of the day, I like I like the fact that he can rest his assured at the end of the day that if all else fails, I won't starve. I'm not gonna be hungry, I won't be cold, you know, and if I'm afraid, I, I have somewhere to go. And he has a key, you know, to get in. And I think that's important, you know, for young men, for sure, especially black men, because you got a lot of young men who are homeless on the streets right now. You know, 
facing homelessness and they got family living in the same city as them. And to me, that's a damn shame, honestly, it is. It, it is, you know, and um, I know Nafisa, you talked about, you know, if your son was to violate, and that's a thing that's real too. You know, you got people that violate their families to the extent that they can never return home. And so we just want to pray for our families to make sure we never face anything like that. So both of our young men will always have somewhere to come and we'll always have a place to call home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so for our next question, have you guys started a conversation about understanding bills and what that looks like? And if so, what does that conversation look like? Mm, we, she has me do a lot of reading and she, recently gave me this book called The Black Tax and it's like it's like about like African Americans buying houses or buying cars or uh, trying to get a loan or something and how and how how different it is for an African American to get a loan and buy a house than it is for a white person and so she just that we haven't really had like a conversation on bills to understand it but she is trying to help me understand them by giving me this book okay that's a good start that's a strong start yes um he that is correct i did give him him a book to help him understand um, just what that looks like in the black communities when you're trying to get loans when you're applying for jobs when you're you know, if you're trying to get a car, if, if your name sounds a certain way, you know, t- um, compared to another name, you know, um, and how we're stereotyped um, just based on those things. Um, in reference to the bills, like we haven't, like you said, we haven't actually sat down like with a bill and said, hey, you know, look, this is the PG&E bill. This is how much we used on electricity. This is how much we used on gas. But I'm, in, I'm always talking about turn the lights off, you know, don't <laughs> sleep with the TV on, and, you know, things like that. Don't have the heater on and all the doors open. We don't live in a barn. So it's like, let's, let's be mindful of the people that are keeping the roof over your head and paying the bills and things like that. So when it does come time for you to pay your own bills, um, you'll be more sensitive to that. You know what I'm saying? Um he, we, I was going to say, um, he definitely is open to learning a lot, you know, like, I'm, like I said, like he said, I'm always on him about reading and researching and asking questions and things like that, so I know when the time comes, and it's coming sooner than later, um, but I know once we actually sit down and dive into that type of conversation um he won't have any problem um with sustaining that information plus he's really good with numbers um you know math he does like math he helps his sister with her math he helps me with math like I'm you know I'm not good I can count money (laughs) that's good as far as you know x times why and all of that stuff like I, I'm just not there but in any event yes he I know that he's open and willing to learning so um, but we've had little conversations here okay. and for our listeners that may have missed it 
he is in the 10th grade, a rising junior in high school, you know, so this is not something that's completely strange, you know, for you all to still be working towards, you know, what that conversation looks like as far as bills are concerned. And that's cool. That's totally normal. He is living a regular life and that's completely fine, you know. Now, Fees, on the other hand, is in a different situation where he has his own bills, you know, that we've had to have conversations about because they're his, you know, and so that's a different conversation. And so what has that process been like for you? Definitely money management and also uh, just being mindful of just how much money I have and what I need to, you know, plan for the bills. So definitely one of the bills is my phone bill. So just definitely... (laughs) definitely just keeping up with that and making sure like hey i know that i want to go hang out but i know that i need to put at least x or y amount of money to the side so you know my phone can stay on you know or different things but definitely like mom just sat me down and showed me different things and like the you know how much you use and how much you know is going into it so definitely in terms of like doing certain things and certain actions in the house i definitely took that consideration it's like, okay, like, I need to be mindful, you know, how much I'm using or, you know, so it's not like out, out, outrageous number uh, on the bill. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, my dad, you know, um, I don't know if you remember when we lived in Berkeley, in South Berkeley, and we had, a, um, I don't know if you remember that house, but we lived in, some, in South Berkeley on French Street, and my dad had a tripod. Yeah, so the guys lived downstairs, my brothers lived downstairs, and we lived upstairs. And his idea was that they would like have their mock first house, you know, where they could live down there and learn how to pay bills. And each of them had to pitch in for one bill, you know, and that was his way of teaching. And I remember those conversations he was having with them about, you know, you live here, like you're using something, somebody, something that you're doing here is taking from the, you know, utilities or whatever is happening here, you're a part of it, you know, and so, that was a challenge for some of my brothers, specifically Tahir, you know him. He had a, he had an issue with paying for anything, you know, and, and he ended up just moving out because he's like, I'm not paying for all this stuff. And sometimes that might happen, you know, for our listeners, you might have a young adult who hears the conversation about bills and they say, I don't want to talk about it, I'll just rather move, you know. And I saw that in our house, you know, but my thing, the way that we've done it, is I just kind of have opened the bills and let Nafis look at what they look like so that he can understand. When you look at an electricity bill, you can understand if a city is abusing you because you have some cities that abuse African-Americans when it comes to their electricity usage. And they're charging us more than they do other people in other neighborhoods. And if you don't know what that looks like, then you don't know what to compare it to, you know, because you could say, I haven't even been home enough to have my lights on that much or to use that much electricity. But for some reason, I'm being charged, you know, double the amount from my neighbors, you know, or something. So that was one of the first reasons I kind of started bringing it up with him because we used to live in Tuskegee and that was a place where they were abusing their their residents, you know. People got like electricity bills that are $400 and they hardly are ever home because they're students. So, you know, I'm like, y'all never, y'all never wondered like why your bills are that high. And they just thought that's what it was, you know, but I use that as an example of a way to kind of start talking to him about, you know, what does this bill mean? What do these numbers mean? You know, what does it mean when you look at it and it has these bars and what do those bars mean? And that changes when he starts turning on the lights or turning the lights off, you know, it's not me telling him anymore. He's actually thinking 
if I keep this on this much, this is actually a lot of usage, you know? Right. Then I noticed that when he starts thinking about him paying for that, that electricity, it's a completely different thing when it's his money. When it's my money that's paying for the electricity, then it's, a, oh yeah, that's cool, we can talk about it. But when it's his, his money, it's like, oh no, turn the lights off immediately, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I start noticing a difference, you know, and it's good to have a conversation so they can understand if you got a, you got fifty dollars in your pocket and you use fifty dollars worth of electricity, you gonna either have no lights or you know something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when did you start having that conversation with him? At what age? What would you say? We lived in Tuskegee when he was real little. So it wasn't necessary. I'd say when we was in Tuskegee, he might've been like six, but it, it was a different conversation. Like kind of how he said earlier, we've changed over the years about what information I share with him the older he gets. When he was six, it was more like just the idea that there's this existence of people abusing African-Americans when it comes to their utility usage. And that's wrong, you know? Then when he got older, it started turning into turn off the lights, you know, because if you don't, then you are going to be a person who is wasteful. You know, right. then as he got a little older and he has a phone, then it's, you know, you need to figure out a way to pitch in $10 at least because, you know, this is your phone that you're using. And if you don't, then you won't have a phone. You know, now it's you have to pay for your phone bill. Otherwise, you won't have a phone. You know what I mean? So we started in stages, you know what I mean? But we started kind of young just because we lived in a neighborhood that didn't allow us to not have a conversation. And it, it was, that was the reason. But yeah, nowadays it's kind of like, you know, he has to pay attention to that kind of stuff because he's, you know, going to be on his own soon. And the worst thing is to be a person who don't know how to handle your bills at all, you know, and your stuff's getting cut off and, you know, you come home and you don't have no water or something like that, you know, it's not the best thing. So what, what age would you all say, um, what would you say is a good age for people to start talking to their young adults about supporting bills or being expected to pay bills, like to help if they're still at the house? What age would you say is a good age for that? Um, I don't know, like, because I guess it would, like for me, I would want him to learn how to save first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want him to just feel, you know, super obligated to have to put something on the bills um, per se. I mean, I, I guess it depends. Like if he's still in the house, you know, after high school, he say, for instance, he. Um, didn't get into a school out of state and he's, you know, school, in school locally and he's spending a lot of time at home and he may have a job, you know, I, you know, I, I guess it would just depend on the situation. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think it would just depend on the situation for me um, because I don't want him to feel like that's my main objective is to get him to put money on the bills. You know what I'm saying? But I do want you to feel, you know, some responsibility if you're spending a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, at, at 18, you're legally an adult. 
but you're still learning. You're you're legally an adult, but you're still a child to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? So you're still there's a lot of learning to do, even though there are some advanced 18 year olds um, and whatnot. But um, for me, it would just depend on the situation and uh, you know where he's at in his life at that time and where I am, you know, financially. But I just I just don't ever want him to feel like he can. Um, take advantage you know like I want you to feel like okay mom even maybe you know I didn't ask him for anything here's a couple of dollars I've been spending this much time here you know here's a couple of dollars on the lights or here's a couple of dollars on food um here's a couple of dollars on the water you know I've been washing a lot of clothes you know what I mean things like that so I guess it just would depend for me okay okay <laughs> I don't. I definitely re- agree to what you said, sis Nafisa. Definitely, like if you spend a lot of time there, then you need to at least start putting in because you know you're not a, you're not a kid no more. What age though is that? Is that oh, I mean, like you said, like I think after college or if you're going through college too, just if you're spending your time at home, definitely try to put in. But also, I think. Um. I don't know. I don't know about the age, but I know just at least having that conversation. Based on the experience. Based on the experience, and also just having that conversation. Like I think, like what my mom does to me is like you know she'll. It's like a constant reminder, like oh you know you can't help you know with this or with that, and like for me I was like okay like yeah I can, like you know. Well, well, will you? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's put it into my mind because it's like you know you know like that is an option you know and it's not like it's not you know it's just me like you said it is me choosing to do it and so I think for me that's like there's times where I want to, to do it because it's like you know she's giving me the option to and not saying like oh like I got it you know you don't have to worry about it it's like you know if you want to you know you can so I think right. Because you do have those men out there that, you know, live off of women and they're okay with that. And the women are okay with that. I'm not. You know, we struggled. We were homeless together. You know, like I was homeless for three years with my kids. So we've been through some stuff. So that's what I mean as far as like understanding, embracing the struggles. So you can be that much more appreciative because I had to like, worked super hard to get us out of that transition you know what I mean like it wasn't just me I got two little people and they both were under the age of 10 when we were homeless so just you know put imagine that you know what I mean you got kids and you're wrong why why are we moving when we gonna get our own place when we this when we that um so I just I just have zero tolerance for it you know like we again it starts with conversation we gotta have those conversations yeah. You know, so we each other. We started um, having conversations about it when, like I said, he started having things in his name that he was using, specifically his thing, like his phone, or he started driving when he was 16, you know, and luckily his dad, you know, got him a car. I didn't have to do that, so I was grateful for that. But when he did have a car, I started saying, you're, you're driving that car, not me, you know, so you got to start thinking about how much gas you're using, since I'm still providing the gas money. 
and you're not, you know, you gotta know how much it costs to pay for stuff. Like you wanna drive all the way around the whole city, you know, but you don't have the ability to put any gas in this car. And so I, I always tell Nafis, take this time to practice because one day you won't have the option to not, you know, to keep your money in your pocket and not put it in a gas tank. You'll have to put it in there because you have to get somewhere, you know? Right. So I would tell him, you know, take this time to practice because I didn't have time to practice, you know what I mean? But I know some families who do give their children time to practice. And I'm trying to do that for him where he can know like, this is all practice time where you have money and you can choose to practice to do you know important things that that are beneficial with it or you could blow it all off on some shoes you know but when you live it on your own and you choose to put all your money on some shoes you'll end up with no lights no food you know or, or, or no house you know you'll end up on the street so the thing is is when you, I started putting things into perspective like that I think it started helping him hopefully you know start to take it seriously where it's like one day you know I might not even be alive, you know, next year. Who knows? And the reality is, if I'm not, if I don't survive, what have you done to practice to prepare yourself to be able to do the things that I'm doing right now that you're taking and, you know, just taking in because this is just your regular life, you know what I mean? And so that's how we kind of approach the conversations and not always, you know, in a morbid way where it's like, you know, I could be good in the morning. But the reality is, is I could, you know, and I, I, I say that often because I remember with my mom, we didn't know, you know, she was going to pass away in right. a, just a few month, weeks, you know what I mean? But we had to think quick, you know, and luckily my parents have, you know, prepared us, you know, for some things, but some things they hadn't prepared us for. So that's why we wanted to include that question in this conversation because, you know, as our, our young adults are getting older, they do need to know what they're up against and what's out there so it's not a huge wake up, you know, a huge hard thing when they leave your houses. So. That's right. Yeah. You want to get our last question? And for our last question is, do you guys have any other advice that you want to give on this topic? On this topic? That we haven't touched on. <laughs> Anything you can say to our young adults, Ajay, that you know you know that your friends need to hear, and are you guys think in a bigger picture? Okay. Or you do something. Okay. Real good. I like that. By like before you make a big decision, like if you want to go sneak out with your friends, but you just got caught sneaking out or something, like <laughs> think think of it. Do you really want to go do this right now? Like. Or did you just did y'all did y'all just hang out tomorrow at like at like the high school? Just always think of the future. I like that. I would say don't be afraid to confide in your parents. Hmm. Um, we recently lost his stepbrother. Um, he was murdered last year hmm. at 16. And so that, of course, we took a huge hit, you know, with that. Um, I had just talked to him 10 minutes before he was killed. Um, and he was 45 minutes. He had just been with him 45 minutes prior. But I, he was supposed to come home. Um, so... 
you know, I say all of that to say it's just really important to stay connected with those that love you and that have your best interests at heart because one decision can change the total direction of your life. Mm. Um, and that could be for the good or the bad, you know, it depends on the decision and the situation. So I would say just stay close to your loved ones because at the end of the day, they are the ones that's going to be there to support you, to bail you out, to come visit, to put money on your books, to, you know, all of those types of things if those situations arose. Um, And don't be afraid to um, be vulnerable, you know, like it's okay you're human you're not a robot you know what I'm saying so you know feel whatever it is that you're feeling at that moment and then figure out a way to work through those feelings you know practicing emotional intelligence and things like that and um you know just staying connected to positive energy is really big I'm I'm really big on that in our household um because your energy introduces you before you can open your mouth and tell me your name so um yeah, that's what I would say. Stay connected to your friend. I mean, excuse me. Stay connected to your family. Stay connected to your parents. Um, and just, you know, communicate. There's nothing wrong with... Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's, you know, we, we have to do that in order to get by in life. All right. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, if there's something that you don't understand, then express that. Because if you don't express that, then maybe your parents or family would never know that you didn't understand that. And so that will, can cause miscommunication or misunderstandings. Um, we also have the courage to take on challenges that may not be understanding. And to be, you know, always think, like he said, think of the bigger picture and always think about the long run. You know, if you want to do something else, I'll always think, you know, so I think sometimes we, we get so caught up in, uh, in the short term of like, you know, what is like gonna happen like in the in the now, but we don't think of like, you know, the repercussions or the consequences that can happen in the long run. So definitely, so definitely like take that in consideration in anything and everything that you do because that does matter. Um, support, you know, your friends and family in anything that they do, you know, if they wanna invest into something or they want to move out or move in definitely present that in the best way possible and the pros and cons of it. Um, just have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I like everything that you guys have shared. And I would say one of the things that's been helpful for me is staying connected to other families, you know, um, that are that reflect what type of family you're trying to build. Um, it's easier to suffer when you're alone I've learned you know it's, it's the suffering process is harder when you're by yourself and um, oftentimes I forget that I have you know friends that have similar lifestyles as me or lifestyles that I'd like to match you know and I I try to pair myself with them so that Nafis can have like-minded young men that he can hang out with you know so he's not the only dude in his crew who's having these kind of conversations you know you need to surround yourself with like-minded people, you know, and same thing for me. I need to have friends who are encouraging me to be a good parent and to be a good mother, you know, and be a good friend and be honest and not just be a person who's taking all the time, you know, and somebody who encourages me to be better, you know, and so 
I try to find other families, you know, and I'm not real big on big crowds and hell of friends, but at the same time, I am interested in the network. You know what I mean? And so my network might include some people that don't look anything like me, but they their lifestyles are very much like me. And my goal is for, you know, Nafis to have a good life and for me to have a good life too. And to try and support my friends and family, you know? So I would say that's um, something really important. And also to start having those conversations that you might be afraid of. Sometimes, you know, people are very afraid of conversations because they've already worked out in their minds what's going to happen, but you haven't really given your young adult a chance, you know, to respond. And so that's how this podcast even came about, you know, with me and Nafis and our conversations, we just sitting around talking and realizing that, you know, it's a lot of families that have no idea how to start conversations with each other because they just never have tried it, you know what I mean? So that would be my advice. Have those conversations that you might be a little bit afraid of. And sometimes if you can't say it, write it down. You know, we had, we, um, I had a relationship where I had this board I created where it was a side that said, please say, please don't say. That's something that um, might work for families too, where every day you can write on the board for yourself to the other person, please say this and please don't say that. And at the end of the week, you have to you have to discuss whatever's on that board, but you can't erase nobody's stuff off. You have to allow them the chance to be able to write whatever they want to say on the please say side or the please don't say side. Because I mean, you never know what you might be saying to somebody that they're like, I just wish you would stop saying that to me, you know? Right, yeah. But at the end of the week, you have to discuss whatever's on the board, you know? So I would say if you're a family that's having an issue with actually saying those things to each other, sometimes writing them might be helpful too. Okay. Thank you. Yes. So this has been another episode of Between Us and Y'all. So grateful to have had Nafisa and her beautiful son here with us. We definitely want to support you all and everything that you're doing. Um, we know that you're going to be an amazing rising junior next year and finish high school strong. If you end up in Atlanta, we're out here. And we're available to offer food or whatever, <laughs> whatever you need. You know, rides. Whatever it is, just though you have family in Atlanta, you know, um, and we appreciate you both for being here. We want to lift up your brother in prayer. So can we say his name so that our listeners can also send some prayers for him too? Absolutely. Emmanuel Mosley. All right. So we want to lift Mosley. Mosby. Mosby. Okay. All right. So we want to make sure that our listeners heard that name and we want to say his name you know, after this call is over and we want to lift him up in prayer as we do with any family member and to continue to do so. You have us, you know, as family here. So please call on us when you, when you need. And when you're doing your college applications, he can help you if you need any help. Take, take time to actually invest in writing your, your statements. That's one thing that we, we learned early on. What's the college application that allows you to apply to more than one at a time? Uh, the Common App. Common, the Common uh, App, I think is what it's called. Look that up so that okay. you can know, it allows you to complete one application, but it, it will send applications to various colleges at a time. Oh, okay, great. There's so also a, the, the Black Common App too. That's yeah, it, it to HBCUs. All, all the HBCUs too, if you're one. Yeah, 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a much easier process for it. It's Black Common App for the, the HBCUs, but it's called the Common App for just, you know, traditional colleges that are not HBCUs. But we did that, and it was crazy because we put the, the thing in and was getting responses from schools we didn't even know we applied to, but that's what it does. It sends the applications out, you know, for you. So right. take advantage of that, and you can start looking at it now, you know, so you can get an idea about what it looks like. And so it, it's not a thing that you're challenged with because we looked at it for the first time, you know, when he was applying, and we was applying at the last minute to stuff. So... That's our advice to you. We wish you luck in everything that you're doing, and we wish you a healthy birth, not be safe. Your baby okay. Thank you guys so much. This is such a pleasure. I'm, I'm trying. I'm holding back tears right now because I'm just so overjoyed um, with love. But thank you so much, Yasmin and Nafi, for having us. Like this has been such a blessing, such an honor. I had a lot of fun. Um, and I look forward to possibly being your guest again. Yep. Yeah. All right. As we usually close, we always want to encourage our guests to work hard, to pray hard, definitely love hard, and spend some time playing hard and do all those things together. Thank you guys for being here. All right. Bye. Peace out, y'all. Peace. <laughs>